0: Welcome to Good Business Pays TV and podcast available on YouTube and Spotify and other channels. You will know now that this is the podcast where we focus on payment of suppliers and in particular, fast payment of suppliers and interviewing people that know all about that, who understand why they do it and how they do it. And we're speaking to you today, actually, on the day after the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, uh, gave his autumn statement. And in the autumn statement yesterday, one of the things that he said, and I'm quoting, is the one thing that I could do to help small businesses in the UK is to tackle the scourge of late payment. So you know that this is important to the government, it's important to the UK, and it's important to the company that we're talking to today. Uh, I'm I'm joined by Andrew Smith, who's the Managing Director of the UK Business of Sixth, who is one of our cohort of 2023 Fast Payer Award winners. So congratulations and thank you for joining us today, Andrew.
1: Thank you. Great to be with you.
0: So first question, I mean, I'm familiar. I think I'm familiar with your business because I've enjoyed many holidays with uh, uh, hiring My Car Through Six, but tell us about the business and, and what it consists of.
1: Yeah, so Sixth is a, a global business offering car hire mobility services is around the globe. Um, we operate through a network of corporately owned countries. We have our own corporately run com- countries such as you know, Germany. Uh, Germany is our, our heritage, our background. Um, I look after the UK. We have big operations across most of the, the European countries. And then in perhaps some of the smaller countries, um, we have franchise operations. So again, our customers can still enjoy the six brand through franchise license partners who operate the services in, in those locations. A big focus for us right now is, is growing um, and we have a big growth plan globally. Uh, the US in particular, we are, are seeing double digit growth year on year. Um, and that's, that's proved to be a very strong market for us as we, we grow in the UK. In the U.S., um, in the U.K., we operate through over 50 locations. We're very much positioned around premium locations uh, in airports, in railway stations, downtown city center locations where we aim to offer a service to our customer that's that's unrivaled in the industry. Uh, we operate um, premium fleets, so working with some of the biggest brands on fleets as well to give our customer an, an unrivaled experience in terms of their, their mobility needs. And not only do we operate a car rental business that we're probably most known for, we also have business around wider mobility. We have something called Six Ride, uh, which is something that we, we do in through collaboration with various partners offering in effect uh, a point-to-point taxi service to our customers. We offer Six Share in some markets, not the UK yet, but we offer Six Share where it actually gives access to the customer to shared vehicles for their sort of more minute-by-minute, immediate needs to, to, to move around or to have mobility. And then we also operate something called Six Plus, which is our subscription service. And again, that's something we do operate in the UK and that gives customers a chance to have a vehicle for a longer period of time. Uh, it could be for a work project for two or three months or even five or six months where a customer perhaps doesn't want to make the commitment to owning the vehicle or to taking a long-term lease for the vehicle. We offer sort of a mid-to-longer-term solution where the customer can have access to the vehicle of their choice for a longer period of time. So Sixth as a, as a company where we're in a number of different areas beyond perhaps the, the car rental area that we're most familiar and, and most known for. Oh.
0: And what's the um, the business model or the ecosystem? Because clearly you're a very customer focused business. I can tell that from the way that you've described the operation, but I'm assuming that your supply network and the employees and everything, all the parts that go into running this organization are important. What are the other back room bits of Six that we don't see that are important to getting it right?
1: Yeah, Six has traditionally had you know, very strong relationships with our suppliers. So for example, an obvious one is the, the automotive suppliers themselves. So we've had very traditional strong partnerships with premium brands such as BMW, where we get preferential access to their fleet and we then offer BMW fleet to our customers. Um, in addition to that, yeah, we have to work with a lot of different suppliers because our, our operation is, is not just the work that our employees and our frontline teams do every day serving customers, but equally everything that happens in the background, so maintaining cars. Uh, making sure the cars are ready for their next rental, washing and cleaning cars, and you know all of these services we do through a combination of our own teams, but also third-party suppliers as well. They're an integral part of our network, and you know everything from the the detailed registration of a vehicle, through to um, how that vehicle is maintained and repaired in the event of damage, for example. Um, logistics, a lot of movement of vehicles where the demand is is at its highest, so we're always moving vehicles around, and all of these areas we're dependent on third-party suppliers. And that's really important as part of our ecosystem to make sure that we we work with the right suppliers who who can provide those services so that when the customer arrives at one of our locations, they get the experience they'd expect and deserve. And it's a premium experience that meets their needs. So um it's a full network of individual suppliers in addition to our 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 own teams who provide those services for our
0: customers. It sounds complicated. <laughs> um i i'm sure that you know ha- how do you make that happen though that's a lot of moving parts in a lot of different places and a lot of individual relationships um h- how on earth do you make that all happen it is complicated
1: it's a very complicated industry i think people sort of sometimes think car rentals very simple you arrive at a location and and your car's there ready for you and in reality there are a lot of moving parts and there are a lot of moving cars for example as well and and Unfortunately, sometimes for us, our, our cars don't return to the, the place on the time or date expected because our customers need to retain that vehicle for a little bit longer. And of course, if you're expected to put the, the next customer in that vehicle, then that's not always possible. So we have to continually manage all of these different dynamics. And yeah, really, it's through the excellence and expertise of our teams that our teams are experts at working that entire system We've got a lot of experience in the team, a lot of very, very positive, enthusiastic members of staff who... Who know how the system works? Who can adjust and constantly course correct? But every day is different. Every day is, is a changing environment, and you know, when there's things that sometimes are outside of your control, it could be you know something. We had some issues this summer, of course, with with the air traffic control issues in the UK. So of course that created quite a few different patterns to our demand. We've had quite a few you know, challenges in, in recent years with some of the automotive manufacturers around their ability to supply vehicles on time. We have to c- continually course correct and adjust, and you know both individually through our own teams and also working with our suppliers, find Plan Bs and contingencies. So, you know, part of my role, part of our role is. Constantly adjusting and constantly course correcting to get to the best possible outcome again with a customer at the heart of it that make sure we provide what the customer needs and um, as and when they need it. So um, it is a it's a complicated series of, of many, many moving parts, but that's also what makes it fun yeah. and exciting for the team.
0: And I think you have a quite a background, a lot of experience in the procurement and supply chain uh, sector that you bring to the organization and to your role how do you make sure then that uh, your teams that work across six uk have the um the knowledge the experience and the operation to make sure the supply chain the suppliers uh, are treated if you want to use that word in with the same level of importance as the customers how do, how do you create that culture
1: yeah, a lot of it is through training and education and, and making sure that our teams really understand the importance of that wider ecosystem that I mentioned, that those suppliers you know, are a part of that. And, and the way that you, I think some of this is basic human relationships as well. That if you treat people with respect and treat people the way you'd want to be treated, then you, you get the same in return. Um, but we, we spend a lot of time, a lot of investment, and money, of course, on training our teams to to understand how to work with our suppliers, um, you know, what's good practice, best practice, and Also operating a network site, um, location of sites across the country, you're always learning. And there's always something you can learn from from some best practice introduced somewhere else. It could be in an airport or a a different location. And we then take that learning and make sure it's shared. Um, And we don't just contain it to that one location. We make sure that everybody is aware of of that best practice or that could be a small breakthrough or, or way of working, which is very efficient. A lot of it these days is technology. So we make sure we're using consistent technology, of course, through our entire network and, again, working with suppliers. So we have one single set of data and one single version of the truth so we can manage effective supplier performance as well. Um, And part of that then is making sure that we actually are seen to our suppliers as a partner of choice because we do recognize that, that our suppliers do have a choice and there are other players in this marketplace. There are other areas that they can invest their time and team and resources on developing and we want to make sure that um sixth is on that list and we're we're first and foremost so when they are seeing innovation opportunities or seeing opportunities to improve their service we do it hand in hand because we always say to our suppliers the teams that we work with that we are we can only provide the service with their help and their input and there'll be things where they are far more expert than we are so we have to harness that we have to work together to find those breakthroughs along with our knowledge and our understanding of what our customers expect and demand so it's a combination, really, of, of you know using some some good frameworks and some tools, working with our suppliers, you know really working hard on those relationships and being very open and honest, to be honest, and then actually saying to our suppliers that actually if, if you know this is where we're having challenges and difficulties right now, and equally they'll do the same with us. So making time to kind of have those conversations outside of the day-to-day whirlwind of all the things that just happen in a business like this is making sure that we right. review and we have the right metrics in place that really allows us to see how performance is going, and then we work together jointly to find additional opportunities so we can keep innovating, keep improving, and keep exceeding on our customers' expectations.
0: It it sounds like one of those slightly more unusual and proper partnerships between supplier and uh, customer where you know you look after the suppliers but they in turn look after you as well both in terms of being there but also introducing new ideas or innovation better ways of doing things is that part of the advantage for you do you think of well pay, paying that at least paying them on time paying them fast which i know is one of the things that you do
1: it is. I think you know we, we try to do a number of things with our suppliers. And I think also the fact that as a company we're growing, we're developing always helps because I think our suppliers also see a path towards you know, future revenues and income for themselves and you know, job security for their teams and, and development opportunities. So that certainly helps. But again, I think it's around treating suppliers with respect. And that's where the fast payment piece comes in. And um, I also noted what uh, the Chancellor said in the budget speech yesterday, that um, fast payment is essential and as you mentioned, a lot of my background is in procurement and supply chain roles. And you know, when you're working particularly with smaller suppliers or suppliers, you know, in our case, we work with a lot of suppliers who are quite labor intensive. For example, if you know the teams who are washing and cleaning our cars at our airport locations or downtown locations, you know, they need to use a lot of staff to move the cars, to wash the cars, to prepare the cars so they're ready for our next customer. And you know, with staffing in particular, you, you, you don't get long lead times in terms of when the staff member needs to be paid. It could be paid weekly. In um, some cases, they're paid monthly, but many are weekly. So, for that supplier, if you're then delaying payment for 60 or 90 days or 120 days, as some I read in some of the uh, the procurement magazines and, and material, um, that's a huge cash flow impact for that um, for that uh, supplier for their organisation because they've got to sit on the cash they have paid their, their employee employee front because the employee understandably needs to be remunerated fairly quickly for their labour. Um, if they're receiving that payment sometime later, then that's going to be a real issue for them and potentially could threaten their um, viability as an organization. So we we work to to make sure our suppliers are paid promptly on time, even slightly ahead of schedule where we can. Because, again, we recognize that's something that gives us a competitive advantage and that will then maybe be seen as a customer of choice. And if there's a case of actually you know, which customer am I investing in, if I'm that supplier, which customer are I devoting my my most precious resources onto the ones i really want to work with for future growth that, that we're seeing in six then we'll be seeing very highly on that list so we think it's it's a competitive advantage for us as well to to treat the suppliers well to be fair um, and to pay on time and um, that's something that we think is is something that we can use and advantage.
0: Mm. it also seems that maybe this is, goes to the training is that understanding what your supplier's world is and how they um, treat that, how they provide that service to you is important you you clearly understand in that that car washing example that you've given the the pressures that that business owner will be under to provide the service to you and making sure your teams are all aware of of those pressures it's not just about being paid fast for the sake of it or being nice there's a business reason for it
1: yeah no, absolutely right and i think again that that enables a different level of relationship, a different level of conversation and the innovations that suppliers can then bring to the table, they're more prepared to do so because they recognize this is a a two-way street and it's not just, you know, big customer and supplier relationship, traditional sort of parent and child, I tell you what to do and you do it. It's actually they can bring a lot to the table. And I think we've gone beyond those days. I think the whole supply chain world has moved beyond those days that that the companies who are doing this really well now do things in partnership uh, and work together to find those breakthroughs, those innovations. And, you know, each one at the time, you know, our business is a collection of so many parts, as we talked about earlier, that um, you don't tend to see big breakthroughs of a 10 or 20 percent improvement in performance. But you do find lots of half of a percent here and there. And you put those half of a percent, so you put the percent together. It's about the marginal gains example. that gets talked about quite a lot in sport. You put all those percentage points together, then together they can actually be quite impressive and quite um, collectively uh, impactful on your performance as a business. So, again, all of these individual pieces, which could be something really small, and sometimes it could be a suggestion from their members of staff or their teams of, you know, why do you do this in this way? Why do you have this particular handover of a vehicle? Or Couldn't we make it faster by using this different entrance or exit point to, to the, the the location? You know, all of these things together can collectively make quite a big difference. So, again, that's where we think um, those partnerships come in and the innovation, the ideas, the collective thoughts we get from the suppliers and their teams, you know, their staff as well, can be very powerful in, in our future business model for success
0: it it's a great example actually of not just uh a csr reason for doing this but a, but a business reason for doing it. and you'll probably be surprised or you may not that still only i think when when sixth uh first was awarded a fast pair award which was when we started them in 2021 only five percent of the companies that uh report qualified for that today we're getting more winners which is great um but it's still only 8% of companies that qualify for a fast-payer award. So you are in the minority, and 25% of companies that should be reporting aren't bothering at all, which is a statutory duty. And we can only imagine that they're not bothering to report. Uh, They're probably not paying very fast and not bothering. Uh, We don't know what's happening. So I think, you know, uh, great brownie points for you all, actually, not only for winning it, but also being able to express that business reason in very clear and simple terms as to why it kind of makes sense because more people tell those stories, the more people will understand it's not just about CSR. There's a very good business reason. I do want to ask you about payment culture because we actually believe at Good Business Pays that there's something in the culture of an organization that decides to do this because you put lots of technology and process and what have you, but ultimately, it's like getting work done on your house. You decide when to, to pay the builder and you decide when to pay your suppliers. Is Sixth a um, family business at heart?
1: We're, we're about 60 percent owned by, by the Sixth family and about 40 percent is publicly listed. So I, I think that family ownership also probably is part of our DNA. And I think it's very relevant yeah. to, to the examples you just mentioned because I think the way that you know it is a family business and yeah, you know, I, I come from actually a family business background as well and have been on the other side of the camp, being a small supplier, providing services to to bigger organisations. I think in, in that example, you know this is the customers who are the ones that you want to work with. And, and again, their behavior dictates what you do. And I've been in that situation where you decide how you invest your sometimes precious resources and which customers you provide, you know, the very core basic service to and which customers maybe you go the extra mile for. And I think Sixth as a company with our family background and heritage. Again, this is part of our DNA that, that we do expect to, we choose very carefully. We make sure we're working with the right partners um, because we don't want to work with suppliers who don't adhere to our brand values because our suppliers do have a very direct impact on the experience our customer receives when they rent with us Um, but we make sure we select our suppliers very carefully and then work with them to develop that relationship and i do think maybe our family heritage and background in the sixth family that sort of really grew the business from from what it was to what it is now uh, is something that really sort of sits as part of our sort of culture within the organization and we make sure that gets spread and, and those values are shared by new starters and people who join our business so they adhere to the same standards. And I think that's probably something that is realised and accepted by the suppliers as well. And they see that difference in working with us that perhaps is a little different from you know, global companies who perhaps have a very different set of ethics or policies around supplier payments. So I do think that's something that probably does really help us.
0: Yeah. And um, at your board level is uh, payment, which obviously is a bit that we talk about payment, performance of suppliers is that something the board takes an interest in is it a is it at all kpi or is it just something that happens
1: it is a kpi it's something that gets measured and we do report on our payment terms and and there are various requirements we have legally that we have to report on this anyway which also helps but i know our our board do discuss this on a regular basis and that we do have you know strategies in place that that help us um you know manage our own cash flow but equally make sure that we are paying suppliers in a prompt and timely manner. So no, it is something which has got visibility throughout the organization. Um, But uh, also, I'm relatively new to SITS. I've been here about five months, but it's also something which I I think, again, is such part of our DNA that it isn't sort of something which is perceived as a problem in the organization. It just kind of happens. um, And our systems and our processes internally for invoice validation um, are also kind of set up in a way that it's kind of quite timely. Um, as an invoice approver, I have to approve invoices quite quickly or it escalates to the next level, which is you know my, my line manager who's a, a board member and our COO for the company. So actually it does sort of encourage a behavior within the teams and all the teams who approve invoices prior to them coming to me that actually this isn't something that you can just do you know once a month. When you're catching up on your admin tasks, this is something that needs to happen pretty much every day to stay on top of it and to make sure that um, we're adhering to those principles. So I think that's sort of that, again, that the culture from the top certainly helps and then the systems and the way we set things up internally within the organization helps reinforce that at all levels
0: Uh, you've you've answered one of my last two questions one was, was how do you make it happen and you've answered that on the technology and the process front but um i do want to ask you about what tips or advice you would have for other ceos other managing directors because we do have Quite a lot of folk who run organizations who I talk to on a regular basis who aspire um, to want to have these kind of relationships and to be able to look after their suppliers. They're not looking to put small businesses out of business. They do want to do it, but maybe they haven't got the culture in place today. They want to move towards it. Do you have any tips for, let's say, an incoming MD or even an existing one, that wants to move towards this? What are the kind of three or four things they need to think about?
1: I think you probably need to set yourself some targets at a top level in terms of you know, what is your policy here, what are you trying to achieve? And then, of course, measure your progress against the targets that you set for yourself. I think you know there is a piece here around really listening and understanding suppliers, and, and we do that a lot in Sixth, and I think there's a need to understand you know the importance to their organisation as well. Uh, in terms of fast payments, and, and if you understand that, almost kind of, what do we you know, get as a result of that in return that from that organisation? So, you know, listening to suppliers and the, the importance, and you know, understanding the, the pressures and the dynamics that they have to contend with as well. And then I think probably you know the third piece then is really driving that through the organisation, so driving that culture through the teams, explaining why, um, seeing the effect, and you know, a lot of our teams really get this and, and they understand that actually through through being seen as that customer of choice, working closely with the supplier. They will find you know, ways to make their jobs easier and to find breakthroughs and innovations for their customers. And it could be a really small thing, but it could be a much bigger thing as well, which happens from time to time. So I think really driving that culture um, and then just being continually prepared, maybe as a fourth one, just to measure and just to see how you're performing and, and actually being self-critical at times and saying, actually, what can we continue to do to make this even better, or even faster, even more prompt? Um, you know, are there ways that we can yeah, an example of, of an area that we've um, been looking at in six quite recently is yeah, we used to get um, we still get quite a lot of collective invoices from our suppliers. So quite heavy, consolidated invoices, for example. And in some cases, there may be a dispute, there may be an area of the invoice that um, we're not happy with. So actually, but what we've then been agreeing we'll do is you know, we'll pay maybe 80% of the invoice, but we'll, we'll ask for it to be broken down so we can still pay a certain share of the invoice rather than waiting for this big collective invoice to be 100% correct while we work through any disputes or any queries that we do have so all of these things together kind of helping again in this case helping the cash flow for that particular supplier whilst we work through any queries or disputes that we may have so you're continually sort of trying to find new ways and and new strategies that helps and you know not being arrogant and being prepared to listen to suppliers and their priorities as well I think all of these things are are key for for any organization and would be uh, my tips for anybody else who's embarking on this journey
0: thank you they're great examples you're 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 a real sort of example of what good looks like in the organization so thank you to six thank you to you also andrew um congratulations again on becoming a fast payer this year 2023 and uh, we'll look forward to handing an award to you next year thanks for joining us
1: thanks very much look forward to it